Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to church. Welcome to Release City. We are so glad that you're here today. How many are ready to jump in the Word today? You ready to dive in? Amen, amen, amen. We're so glad you're here. Those uh, that are joining online and on uh, Facebook Live and podcast, we are so grateful um, that you are joining us as well. Well, today is part two of a collection of talks that we kicked off last week uh, entitled, Let's Go Change the world. How many know that that is the mission of the church? Amen. Let's go change the world. But I said it last week, we can't go and do anything not, not, not effectively or efficiently without first allowing God to change us. This sermon series is a four-part journey. Today is part two or day two. Uh, and every week we're going to build, we're gonna build on um, top of the previous week because I just believe there is a process. Everybody say process. There is a process um, to changing the world. This is how Jesus said it in Acts chapter 1 <clears throat> beginning with verse 8. He said, but you, everybody say that's me. Uh-huh. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So let me just stop. That's why we spend 20 minutes in worship so that you can experience the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, when he comes in this place. I feel him. All, I'm feeling him right now. I, it, 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 I just tell you, he's here. He's here. But that's why we spend the time in worship so that you can experience, sense, and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the power that you're going to need, that you're going to face obstacles and things this week, the power that you're going to need is only going to be found through the Holy Spirit. How do I get that? When you press in in worship, even when you don't feel good, even when you don't feel like it, even though the weight of the world may be on your shoulders, you press through and you worship so that you can, so that the presence of God can fall on you. Come on. Church, so that way you'll have the power to face Monday and Tuesday. And, 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 and let me say this just because Monday and Tuesday are a cakewalk for you, get ready because Wednesday may just hit you right in the forehead. That hurt, by the way. I should be a little less aggressive. Let's keep on going. But you will receive power in the Holy Spirit. What comes upon you? And you, that's us, will be my witnesses, telling people here's the process. Telling people about me everywhere you go. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Everybody say there's an order to it. There is an order to it. Last week in part one, we talked about there being an order to changing the world. And the very first thing that must happen is that we must first allow God to change our hearts. How many of you, how many at the close of the message last week came up and, and got one of the mirrors? I didn't, I, I got home and I asked a Amy and Angela, I was like, did I make it clear? I don't think I, wh what do I do with it? It wasn't just to put on your nightstand as a reminder. This is what Pastor B wants you to do with this. If you got one, I want you to wh wh just kind of just tell me one at a time. Not, not, not everybody at the same time. Where, where did you put this? Where is it at? Just give me some shout out. Some. 
In your car? In your Bible? In the, in the, in, on the bathroom counter? Where else? Bathroom? <clears throat> on the refrigerator. How many knows we all got to eat? Amen. That's a good place. That's a good, that way, that way you go, yeah, I probably don't need to get in here today. Just, just walk away. Just walk away. This is what I want you to do with this thing. I want you to pick this thing up every day if you got one. And a matter of fact, we'll put, there's some that were left over. If you didn't get a chance to get one, um, I'll get Cole and them to set a table out. Grab one on the way out. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pick it up and go, change starts with me. That's what it says. It starts with me. I want it to be a reminder that every day when you wake up, you look at yourself. Thank you so much. You look, you look at yourself and go, I, I, I'm called to change all that we learned this week and, and last week. But first, I, it's got to start with me. God, change me. Change my mood. Any of y'all had a bad mood this week? Oh, I, I just, I, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I, I got one of these. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? That's show enough me every day. <laughs> yeah. God, change my mood, change, not, not, not change my spouse and change my kids. God, change me. You want a better marriage? It starts with me. Amen. We're real good at going to the Heavenly Father for, for our spouse's uh, deficiencies and defects. Come on, somebody. This, this real preacher, okay? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But how about we say, God, help me to be the better spouse. Amen. So, so, so every day, pick it up and go, today, change starts with me. Change starts with me. In part two, today, we're going to be moving past change happening in our hearts, and we're going to change and shift gears to change happening in our circles. I'm encouraging you to take notes on this today. This is, this is, this is the process. God changed me, but then God changed. Begin to allow change to happen through me in my circles. We're going to be looking specifically at how you and I can impact our circles. Now, when I say circle, I mean your family, your friends, your church, and your community. Before we can change chiefling, we got to change the people that we are associating with in our world. It actually will make the process of changing chiefling, changing the world, so much easier if you start within your circle. Because then you're not responsible to go out and change. Because the people in your circle are going to go see people that you may never reach. See, today, this is my circle. I'm influencing my circle. I'm influencing my circle or sphere of influence. Why? Because you're going to go see people this week. You're going to be the one to go, change starts with me. I've allowed change to start in me, and now I'm going to go out and change the world. You're going to see people I may never talk to. Change starts with you, and then it moves to your inner circle. Something that we must understand in this mission of changing the world is you're going to have a hard time influencing your city if you don't first allow change to impact your family. It was Jesus who said, what is it? What good is it if, I gain, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? I don't know about you, but my soul is what I, I care. I, yes, I have a soul, but my soul is, is, is my bride who is on the back row. She, she walked in. She pressed through. Got a little text on my little iPad, right? She said, I'm on my way. I'm like, bless her heart. 
She's coming anyway. How many of you are willing to say, I'm going to press through even when my body says no? How many know your flesh will always steer you away from the promises of God? Because I don't know about you, but this, this right here is a promise. If you, will do God, if you will do your life God's way, every promise in this book is for you. Yes and amen. Amen. So what will it profit us if we gain all of Chiefland and I lose my family? Real pastor, what good would it do if I reach you and your family, but I, I, I neglect my own family? Listen, church, the order matters. That's why if, if Amy and I ever have, dad taught me this years ago, if, 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 and I saw it in our, in our own home. If Amy and I have a, 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 a scuffle or some very concentrated words, where are my married people at? concentrated words, very specific words. I'm always going to say, I'm sorry. Before I get up here, I got to make sure things are right at the house before I ever try to convince you that you need to influence and impact your house. See, the, the, the order matters. See, I'm just of the persuasion that God would rather you impact your family than to influence the entire planet. After Jesus gave his disciples this charge to go into all the world and preach the gospel, preach the good news, he hands them the baton. We are now, we are now standing over 2,022 years later, we are standing with a baton in our hands. And the question is, what will we do with it? At Release City, we say, let's go change the world. But it starts with us. Change starts with us. Then in Acts 2 records the small beginnings of the church. Let's just go there. Acts uh, chapter 2, and I'm going to read 42 through 47. It'll be on the screen for you, but... Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42, says this. All the believers devoted... Everybody say that word, devoted... All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. This is a picture of what the church looked like then and what the church should look like today. Verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. We only meet once a week, but they met every day at the temple. And they met in homes. That's our, our groups, by the way. They met in homes for, for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. If there's one thing that I can say about this house and the people that make up this church, that you are very generous and I'm not just referring to your money. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your talents, your giftings, your resources. You are a generous church. That's the picture of what the early church looked like. He said, in all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added, the Lord added. They didn't have Facebook. Hey, come to church. The Lord added. Come on, somebody. Amen. The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, when we read this, I think we get a very clear picture 
of what God intends for us to have. As a matter of fact, there's no doubt in my mind that God wants us to be rich. Now, some of y'all are like, that, that, I, I, I just read that with you. It said nothing to do with money. No. He wants us to be rich in relationships. God wants you and I to be rich. In, if, again, if I could say something about, if, about, about you as a, as a church and a body... You are rich in relationships. We have. I mean, if somebody's sick, it goes, to our, it goes to, to our prayer team and all of our leadership team, and we begin calling out your name. Why? Because we're rich in relationship. We know that ministry is relational. I'm going to reach you a lot more effectively if I have a relationship with you rather than I just stand up here and, and, and read some scriptures and, may, and you may take it as I'm talking down to you. It's much more receivable if I have a relationship with you. Amen. So we will always be about relationship. In Acts 2, we see that when we live life on purpose, we can have a profound impact on our circle. That's our family, our friends, our neighbors, and our church. What am I saying? Our mission isn't solely to change the world, but to impact our circle. How do we do it, Pastor B? Great question. So glad you asked. Here it is. The very first way that you and I are going to impact our circle is when we prioritize our people. You write it that way on your note. When I prioritize my peeps, when I prioritize my crew, when I prioritize my family. Now, some of y'all are like, yes, I got that, but hold on. <laughs> it's going to get better. Everywhere that Jesus went, he had crowds that he influenced. But even more important than the crowds, Jesus had a circle of people that he impacted. This is the reason that it is so important for us to understand that his, it was his circle and not the crowds, not the thousands. It was his circle that he entrusted with the church, the early church. You do realize you're part of the church. Okay. So we know that Jesus had 12 disciples, and inside the 12, he had his core three. It's very important who you choose to be in your inner circle. But inside of his 12 were three. Beyond his 12, scholars believe that Jesus had 72 that, 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 that would be considered in his circle. That, that, those were people like Mary and Martha and Lazarus. How many of y'all got 72 friends? I'm not talking about your followers on Facebook, by the way. Because not everybody who follows you is there for you. <laughs> oh, they for you. They want to watch you fall. And sometimes they'll even help you get there. Right? When you stumble and you have a real moment. <clears throat> now, it was his 72. I would call that Jesus's, his circle of influence. This is who Jesus did life with. These were his people and something that we must understand about Jesus is Jesus prioritized them and he sacrificed for them. So let me ask, who's in your circle? Don't answer that out loud, but in your own mind, self-analysis. Who is in your circle? Who have you allowed in your innermost sanctum area of your life, areas of your life? Now, I'm not talking about your fair weather friends. 
when, when everything's good, they come out. You know, when you, when you got the party and you providing the popcorn, the chips, and the drinks, right? You can draw a party, free food. <laughs> you say church-wise Thanksgiving dinner and half a chieflin will be here. Hello. Why? Because we like to eat. It's a necessity to eat. Amen. But I'm talking about the friends that would go and rip a roof off. Like the story in the Bible, they would go and rip a roof off and get you. They would pick, even though it's uncomfortable, you heavy. It takes three of them to pick you up, and they're going to take you across town and rip off a neighbor's roof in spite of what the neighbor may feel like. (laughs) And they're going to put you in front of Jesus. You got friends like that? You got friends like that that know you've had a bad week, and they're going to say, hey, you know what? I know. I know all about it, but you got to come to church with me. Matter of fact, I'll pick you up. I need friends like that. That's the circle of people that I, I don't want people. Oh, I'm, they my friends until I, until I go on hard times. Hello. Anybody ever been on hard times? Look around, and it's a lonely place. Well, that's because you've not prioritized the right people to be there. You surrounded yourself with people who only like you when you up. We're talking about impacting our circle by prioritizing our people. Acts 2.42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They were devoted to studying the scriptures and fellowshipping and hanging out together. They were devoted to it. You got any devoted friends? let's, Let's ask you, are you devoted? Sure, you came today. But what about when your hot water heater explodes on a Sunday? Are you willing just to go turn it off at the main and come back and worry about it later? Because I might need something. To, I might need something from His Word today to help me. I need an attitude adjustment before I go and just just knock fire into it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody say devoted. That means that they made each other a priority. If your spouse is sitting beside you, just nudge them and say, you're my priority. Okay, now, now this is where it's going to get a little sticky. Everybody say sticky. Here it comes. You cannot say that you're devoted to someone if they're not truly a priority to you. <laughs> oh, me. It's like marriage. I can't say that I'm devoted to Amy if I'm not making her a number one priority in my life. See, I'll, I'll pick on me for a minute. Y'all just calm down. Some of y'all are like, oh, my God, even, even, even to read my mail. No, I'm at the post office. <laughs> I can't say that she, I'm devoted to her if I'm not making her a priority. Oh, I got the ring, but is she first? Is she number one when, when my flesh wants to watch a game on TV? Oh, let me hit a little closer to home. Is she number one when she wants to go shopping? Oh, let's talk about your spouse. When, he, when she wants to go shopping and you want to go to the woods because it's opening day. Is she a priority? Boy, I liked you, Pastor B, till you went, up, went there. Let her go shopping. Here, baby, I support you. <laughs> that was good. I like that. I don't think that'll work with Amy Weber, though. <laughs> That was good, though. That was good. Your priorities aren't actually, write this down. Your priorities aren't actually your priorities until you prioritize them. I know this is, this is, this, 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 
This is some tough stuff right here. Yeah, take a picture of it, whatever you got to do. Your priorities aren't actually a priority until you prioritize them. So you can say your spouse, your family is a priority, but it's not much of anything until you actually make it a priority. You can't say that your family is a priority when you get home and when all you do is think about what you left at work. Hello, moms and dads. Welcome to church. See, there's a big difference between prioritizing something and just appreciating it. Maybe we are still talking about changing us a little bit from last week. Everybody say prioritize. You say, well, I love my spouse or I'm grateful for my spouse, but are you, are you making spending time with your spouse a priority? Listen, the fastest way to know what you prioritize is by looking at your bank statement. God bless you, church. See you next week. It, your check register, I mean, still use one. I, I'm old school. I still, I mean, I got it on my phone, but I, I, I got to know. Your, your check register is like a MRI for your heart. It shows exactly what your heart beats for. It, it's like this. Spend $1,000 to start a new business. No way. Too expensive. $1,000 for a new iPhone. Absolutely. Sign me up. It's priorities. How about, how about this one? $100 for groceries. This sounds like something Amy would say to me. $100 for groceries to eat healthy this week. Heck no. <laughs> but spend $100 on a one meal and some drinks and a dinner in one night. Priorities. See, she likes to eat healthy. Daddy likes to eat happy. <laughs> Three hours of watching Netflix. Sure, Netflix and chill. Sign me up. Read your Bible for 15 minutes. Oh, my God, I'm too busy. I got a whole, I worked, I worked six days this week, and Sunday's my Sabbath. I got to understand, but, but I got to go do some stuff, and I got to take care of that, and I got to mow, got to do this. When you don't make him a priority and his mission a priority, don't freak out when he don't show up the way you think he should show up. Because he don't know if he's a priority or not. Oh, he knows based on our actions. Because actions always speak louder than words. It's a priority. Y'all still love Pastor B? Okay, I'll just check in. I'll just check in. I'll just check in. All I'm saying is, if it was truly a priority, you would prioritize it. I'm going to move off priority because y'all like... Y'all like, okay, we got it. Listen, the most effective way to impact your circle is by prioritizing your people. See, I got to be able to look at Amy and Ansley Grace. We got two other daughters. They're grown and, and, and married and, and living life. But in my house, I still got to be able to look at both of them with integrity and say, you're the, you're the most important world that I'm changing. More than Release City, more than the families that God has, has led me to, to serve, I must first serve my family. See, I wash clothes. I wash her clothes. I wash Ansley's clothes. She's like, wait, Dad, when was the last time you did that? <laughs> Just roll with me. <laughs> Trying to make a point. I'll cook. I'll clean. I'll mow the grass. When Mama's oil needs changed, I'll take it down to see coal. To me, like, well, I got you beat, Pastor B. I got them ramps. I just roll it on up there, and I just tank the psh, put it up myself. What? Praise God. Send me your number. I'll call you. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no. See, 
my whole point and my funnyism is to say, are you willing to serve your family? Serve. Serve. I say this all the time in premarital counseling. Y'all remember this. The most successful marriage is when two people learn to serve each other. Two people. Serve each other for life. That's a successful marriage. Somebody might need to write that down. Or maybe you don't want to because you don't like the way that sounds. Hear my heart today. This life is full of distractions disguised as tempting opportunities. Listen, I can make a lot, I can make, I can make a lot of money doing, I, I, don't mean, I don't mean outside of the church, but I'm saying I could, I could, I, I could do other things to, to earn or supplement income, but I will never get the chance to be her husband and her daddy today. Are you tracking me? When I'm worried about what's going in instead of what's going in, She's not always going to be here, and we always going to be together. But how many of you got to make deposits? Are y'all following me? All right, second way, I'm going to move off of it, prioritizing. What am I saying? Impact your circle by prioritizing your people. What am I saying? Again, the second way to impact your circle is when you encourage and be encouraged. When you encourage... This is really how I want to say it. When you encourage others, you'll be encouraged. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. I've already read it. I'm going to go back to it one more time. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Verse 44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared. Everybody say shared. Shared everything they had. They, they were encouraged by being together. They encouraged each other and they were encouraged. Let me, let, me just, let me show it to you this way. In Hebrews 10, 24, it says this. Let us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. They don't make it a priority. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do you know what encouragement is? Do you know what encouragement is? It's called relational generosity. When I'm generous with my words, that's, that's how I'm rich. I'm rich in relationship. When, I, when I'm generous with my words, that's how my relationships will be rich. See, I wrote, I wrote it down this way. It's not the people who consume encouragement. Tell me how good I am. Tell me how good I look. Let's talk about me. Anybody know anybody like that? It's not the people who consume encouragement that are rich in relationship. Matter of fact, if you know somebody like that, you don't really want to hang out with somebody like that too long. Because it's all about them. Right? It's the people who cultivate encouragement that are rich in relationship. Not those who show up looking to withdraw, but show up looking to make a deposit. Anytime, I saw this in my dad's life time and time and time again. Regardless of what he was facing, regardless of what was going on in the ministry, regardless of what was happening in his personal life, if you walked in the room, you were the most important person in the room. I want to be like that. Do I always get that right? <laughs> Mm-mm. I don't, because I got flesh just like you got flesh. And my flesh likes to be stroked too. boy. 
Y'all know what an attaboy is? See, something that I'm learning is I can't always look to my spouse to give me those things. Because there are certain things that we crave that only God himself can give you. Stop looking to people to comfort and console. If they do, great. If they don't, run to the Father. Run to Father. Well, we get mad. I'm not going to church because they should have thought I, they should have been there for me. And they, I, I, I know all about that stuff. And it's, it's, the, it's the tool that the enemy uses, frustration in relationships, to keep you out of this house, to keep you out of church, to keep you out from being together with God's people. So that you can be relational, relationally rich. Let me ask you this. If all you do is show up to a relationship when it's time for the withdrawal, you know what that sounds like to me? A bank robber. Going from bank to bank, relationship to relationship, church to church, marriage to marriage, because I can't make a withdrawal. You can't withdraw nothing that you ain't making a deposit into. Hello, somebody. I can go over and see Rissa at the bank. I need to make a withdrawal. Funny, I ain't made a deposit in a long time. Same thing is true in our marriages. I need, <laughs> I'll keep it cool. I need to make a withdrawal. You ain't deposited. What's a deposit look like for Amy? A Dunkin' Donuts coffee in the middle of the day. I failed. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you. I was driving back from Georgia. I had, been, I had been driving for two days, and I was almost home. And she said, where are you at? And I said, this is where I'm at. Hey, be, do you mind? I failed, y'all. I failed. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? She's smiling. She knows. Hey, uh, and she's been at work all day. Yeah, but I've been driving all day. Y'all remember what I talked about that road rage? I blew it this week, y'all. I-75. It was not dove season. There was no, none of that going on, but it was, it, was, it was real. She said, hey, do you mind stopping by Dunkin' uh, before you go home and drop it off at, this, at the school? I, and my, my, my response was, I've been driving all day. No. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't make her a priority. So guess what? I'm not a priority. Sure is quiet in here. The purpose of the, let me just move right along, because some of y'all are feeling bad for B. Actually, you're feeling bad for Amy, and you're like, oh my gosh, B, you should have known better. Yeah, I should have, but I'm just like you. You had some things that you went through this week that I could say, uh, you should have known better. We just talked about this. I, I promise you, when traffic was crazy on 75, and I was hot, hot, the left lane is for moving down the road. If you ain't moving, move over. I was screaming at these people like Dayton could hear me. <laughs> Get a what? A ranch hand? I do know what that is. Some of y'all are like, he probably don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Anyway, the purpose of this sermon series is to get us to see, to see better and to live better than that. We don't need no bank robbers in the house. Proverbs 11, 25 says this. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. 
You need to encourage. You want to be encouraged? Encourage somebody. You want to feel seen? Make somebody else feel seen. Yeah, but I need to be seen. <laughs> you want to be the most, the most impactful person in your circle of friends? Be the most encouraging person in every room that you go into. This is my goal. I wrote that. This is my goal. I want to be the most encouraging person in the, every room that I go into. When you roll up at the at, at when you roll up at, at, at the Burger King and you see and you see Miss Debbie with the beautiful smile, just because you had a bad day, you give a smile back. What am I saying? Be an encouragement, not just with your words, but with your expression everywhere you go. That's how you're going to make an impact. This, I can tell you story after story of people who, who've come here to, to Release City for the very first time, probably hadn't been to church in, in a decade, and they're like, oh my gosh, are the walls going to, are they going to cave in on me? And it was a smile by a greeter that actually changed their life because they came and they stayed. Be an encourager. Number three, how are we going to impact our circle? Sacrifice for your circle. Sacrifice for your circle. Sacrifice for your marriage. Sacrifice for your kids. Some of y'all are like, I am sacrificing for my kids. Acts 2.45 says, I'm going to read it again. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in Need. Sacrifice is what moves you and I forward. Some of y'all came here today. If you came in an automobile that, that functions off of gasoline, how many knows? That was a sacrifice. Amen. Now, if you, if you team Tesla, anybody team Tesla in here? Y'all got them battery powered? Then you, you sacrifice some power, energy. Somebody's like, do you know where you are? I don't know. Y'all could have a Tesla on some, on some raised up uh, with one of them big old pipes coming out so you can take it bungee. I mean, uh, what, what you call it when you go in the ditch? Mudding. Y'all work with me. I think it's stuff, but it don't always work because, you know, anyway. Listen, I'd be willing to bet if there's an area, any area or a part of your life that's lacking a forward motion that it's because there is something that you are unwilling to sacrifice. If your marriage seems stuck, it's, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, it's because of your unwillingness to sacrifice one to another. Everybody say sacrifice. I've been wanting to shed off some of this dad bod, right? I've had to make some sacrifices. I can't even tell you the last time I had a Pepsi. Ansley Grace is snickering. The only reason I know that term is because she said it to me. You did. You said your back is growing in the back and the front looks like a dad bod. <laughs> and that's the motivation that I needed to say no to Pepsi. I'm, I know I'm, I'm telling a joke, but listen, there's a, if, you want, if you want a result, you've got to be willing to sacrifice. If you want a result in your marriage, you've got to be willing to sacrifice. If you want to get married and you're single, you've got to be willing to sacrifice and stop looking for the tender hookups. M mad because God won't send the right one. You look in all the wrong places. This 
listen, you want to be a, you want to be a better leader? That's going to take a sacrifice. You want, to be, you want to be better in relationship? That's going to require sacrifice. You want to be stronger in your marriage? Hot news flash, it's going to take sacrifice. Let me say this this way. If you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want will be the sacrifice. If you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want will become the sacrifice. I'll say it this way. If you don't sacrifice for your circle of friends, if you don't sacrifice for your spouse and for your marriage, your marriage will become the sacrifice. And sacrifice, if you think about the cross, is not pretty. It's messy. I'm almost done, almost done. Somebody once said that in marriage, and I'm on the topic of marriage today, but marriage is 50-50. Ever heard that? That is the most absolutely incorrect statement I've ever been told. Matter of fact, the person who coined that probably wasn't married. (laughs) And all my married people said, Listen, because there's going to be seasons in your marriage where you can give more than you take. And then there's going, to be, there's going to be seasons that you need to take more than you can give. Listen to me, married couples. I'm, I'm, giving, you some, I'm giving you some stuff. Sometimes it's going to be 60-40, and sometimes it's going to be 20-80. That's why Scripture says real love doesn't keep score. Because if one person is keeping score, both of you lose. Real love covers a multitude of sins. Yes, God? <laughs> love covers. Everybody say love covers. Love doesn't expose. Love covers. The cross covers us, covers our sin. It doesn't expose us. What am I trying to say? Simply this. True love looks like sacrifice. Just look at the cross. True love looks like sacrifice. True love looks like I don't care if I drove from New York City. If my wife said, when you get in town, I need a Dunkin' Donuts medium coffee with no cream or whatever. whatever. See, I should actually know what her order is. But because I don't do it often, I don't know. But it don't matter. That's what real love looks like. Baby, you want Duncan after church? I got you, boo. She's like, I need a Sprite right about now. All right. Fourth and final way to impact your circle. Someone's like, I didn't know we would ever get there. Never give up on community. Never give up on relationships. Never give up on your spouse. Never give up on your church. Never give up on God because he will never give up on you. Acts 2.46 They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. You can make friends But can you keep them? You can start community or relationships, but can you continue in a community? 
Hebrews 10, 25, I want to read it again. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Bottom line, never give up on meeting together. Why? Because statistically, it's your circle that will determine if you follow Jesus or not. If you remove yourself from, I'm not saying you got to stay at this church, okay? But if you remove yourself from the, from, the, from the body, it won't be long. And I don't want to hear that Celine Dion song all by myself. Because you will never survive by yourself. You might wear the label Christian, but you will be weak. Our strength, yes, comes from God, but my strength, our strength comes from each other. What I went through and our family went through two years ago, I stand here today because of a strength that you provided back to our family. And you didn't judge us. You didn't say, well, maybe you just need to take a break. Maybe this pastoring thing went for you. Maybe you just need to go and be healed. No, you let me heal right where I was at. You didn't give me all, any ultimatums. There was no board that said, we're going to let somebody else step in while you get whole and then never call me back. Oh, that happens in church. See, you need to let people heal right where they are. Don't say, well, come over here. No, you say, I'll pull up a chair beside you. Let's talk. Let's talk. Prioritize people and never give up on community. In closing. In 1952, a study was conducted of a specific breed of birds. They were called shearwaters. Anybody ever heard of that? I've never heard of these. They're called, it's called shearwater. It's a specific breed of bird, which are native to this island off the coast of England. They took one, one shearwater bird by plane all the way to Italy, and they released it in Italy. 341 hours later, after... After leaving a place that it had never been and flying a route that it had never flown, it was back on its home island. They took another shearwater bird out of its nest, its comfort zone, and put it in a box, put it on a train, and sent it to London. When it got to London, they put it in a different box and put it on a flight to the United States. And when it got to the United States, they released it in the, at the Boston Harbor. Twelve days, 11 hours later, not only was it back on its island, but it was back in its exact same nest that it once called home. What's the point? Here it is. There is a design woven into all of God's creation to find home that's why when you first walk in these doors you see a sign that says welcome home 
You know that there are some people who have said, I knew this is where I was supposed to be when I walked in and saw the sign. There is something inside of you and I that, is, that desires home. There's a homing instinct that's in us. But may I submit to you that it's less about a place and more about people? Example, when you go out of town and you say, I'm homesick. Well, if I say I'm homesick, it's not that I miss my residence. I miss my home. Amy Weber and Ansley Gray and, and, and Cooper and Dexter. Woof, woof, woof. They're my home. This building is not our home. You are my family and you are our, you're our home. You make the church isn't a building. It's not a Walmart building. You are the church. You're home. And I hope you got something out of this today. John Mayer has a song called A Face Called Home. It's not a place. It's a face. We have a desire within, within us to be in community. That's why one of the number one TV shows in America and around the world that was so popular. Do you know what it was? One word. Really? Friends. Why? Because we're drawn to have that connection and that I wasn't a friend's buff. I, I didn't, but, but we're drawn. But from what I hear, they had connect. We're drawn to that. That's why. It's not that we want you to come here. We want to be together. We want, we want to connect. It's why in Hebrews it challenged us, never give up on community. Sure, community might be messy. It's going to be messy because we're all messy. But it's worth it. And the devil's mission is to cause division and to divide. And he will stop at nothing until it happens. That's why you and your spouse having the same recurring arguments, the same stuff. One, probably because somebody's being selfish. But, the, but she, he or she is not the enemy. The enemy is right there with you. He's the one saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Say that. Then, then you say that. And then you walk out of the room. And then you get mad and close the door. And then you walk. Anything that creates division is not, is not the presence or the spirit of God. I'm trying to help somebody today. What's the, what's the devil scared of? A united church. What's the devil scared of? A united front. A united family. What's my prayer for Release City Church? That we would forever remain a united church as we continue to allow God to change us from the inside out so that we can be used to change and impact our circles. Will you stand with me? Worship team, come. We're going to close out with this song. I'm done before 12. We're about to close with a song that is absolutely... Uh, I don't, I, somebody in the back, one of my leaders, come grab this.
table with yep, Adam and put that by the door just in case of those, those mirrors right there. I want to make sure that those go home. We're going to close, they're going to close us out with this song that paints the perfect picture of God's relentless pursuit of you. His relentless, just put it by the door, bro. Sorry. You're good. There is no wall that he will not kick down. There is no shadow that he won't light up to get to you. He drew you here today to hear this message because every single one of us, me included, needs to allow the Spirit of God, the presence of God to begin to change us from the inside out. Why? Because there's something that he is calling you to do. And that is let change come through you to your circle and then to our community. So, Father, I thank you for your word today. Is there transitioning, getting ready for this track? God, thank you for your word today. I thank you that it does, it does not return void, God. And that you would stir up a hunger in every one of us to pursue you with the same motivation and passion that you pursue us. May there, may there not be anybody's past that we know of that is so dark that we're not willing to step into it and let your light shine through us. May there be no wall like you don't allow walls to keep you from us. May there be no walls that we, will, that we let, allow to come up that we can't be used to impact somebody in our city. Even though they don't go to our church. Even though they don't look like us, dress like us, smell like us. God, we want to be used to impact our city for you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.